Asanda Beda on SAFM. 40 minutes past four is our time. Good morning. If you've just joined us on this terrific Tuesday, let's make it so by learning more about uh, what's happening in the financial wellness side of things. So recent research into the state of employee well-being revealed a number of factors that impact labor productivity. The research shows that financial wellness is a key factor in influencing overall employee well-being and ultimately productivity. The research revealed specific gender nuances when it comes to financial well-being. So how does financial stress manifest itself differently in women than it does in men? Andy Saliba, Chief People Officer of Float Pays, joins us to unpack. Andy, sir, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. As we talk about a national shutdown plan and a strike planned by trade unions, I mean, uh, we talk of uh, employee well-being and how it relates in terms of how much people are making and financial wellness there and and, and how it's influencing. Let's explore, firstly, this gender dimension when it comes to financial stress. What did this research find? I mean, I think this research highlights a couple of things. I mean, I think one, the, you know, the context behind it, and I think perhaps what really anchors it is the fact that 42.1% of households in South Africa are headed by women. If you then double down and kind of drill into that, um, you know, what, what the indicators are showing us is that 50, 57% of women attribute their financial stress to some household expenses compared to their male counterparts who are sitting at 49%. So, you know, there, you know, there is a, a bit of a contrast there in terms of the domestic responsibilities that women have and how I think some of those are showing up in, you know, in the workplace through just, you know, the stress um, that is heightened, certainly in, um, in women employees. Does it relate to caretaking responsibilities? As I mean, women are more of the caretakers in, in the households and the pressures mm-hmm. that come with that. Absolutely, it does. I mean, I mean, I think women are naturally wired to, you know, to want to, to, you know, caretake and to want to, you know, look after people in the household. So, the more more often than not, women would probably prioritize doubling down on their disposable income for the betterment of their their families and their loved ones, um, compared to their male counterparts who who more often than not would invest that money into their long term investments. So what, let's talk the impact then of this financial stress on the productivity in terms of work. Yeah, so I mean, I think from, from a macroeconomic perspective, I mean, it's, you know, it, you know, lots of productivity is costing the economy about 2% of our annual GDP. So that's north of about 3 billion um, rands. So that's a massive number. If you bring that home a little bit more, uh, you know, and, and you look at some of these factors in the workplace, you know, so concepts like, uh, you know, presenteeism where people are present, but because they are so stressed about their finances, meaning that, you know, the output in terms of what they're putting out in terms of work, the quality of their work is often impaired uh, because, you know, their focus is on, you know, taking money from John to pay Peter and, and, by, and vice versa. Mm, so they're there, but they're not there. They're just there physically, but uh, to be fully present, you need to be there in all ways. Pre- precisely, precisely. And, and I mean, I mean, there are other studies that kind of indicate that, you know, the cognitive part of the brain that responds to fight or flight is the same part of the cognitive brain, you know, that responds to financial stress. And so, you know, it, it, is, it is quite a, quite a massive thing that I think we, we often actually un- underestimate the impact of it and I think how, how they show up and present themselves um, in, in the workspace. 
What about demographics like ethnicity and age over and above gender? What has the study found? Um, I mean, I mean, I think this, the the study I think further doubles down on on some of the things that we already know, right? The nuance of of black tax, mm. um, you know, which which is more prevalent than not. You know, how we define the family structure, you know, in in Africa is not through a familiar white lens, right? Because our family structures aren't defined through you know through a Western lens, and so you know if you if you then look at that and I think just the amount of responsibility that, you know, often, you know, uh, you know, African employees or black employees rather tend to carry far outweighs the, the, the white counterparts. And I think that's why it's important for employers to be sensitive and I think to craft and curate initiatives that are not only gender sensitive, but I think that are cultural, you know, culturally sensitive because, you know, because some of those things and some of those, um, you know, factors do come into play. Okay, so let's talk about that then. Uh, what does it mean for businesses and workplaces? What do they need to be cognizant of now moving forward, uh, you know, to create a inclusive employee experience or at least a gender-informed uh, experience if it's not going to be inclusive on all the demographics? Mm. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, there's a couple of things that can be done that, that are tangible. I think, I think one, it's important that, you know, employers uh, recalibrate and I think to redefine uh, you know, compensation models. Uh, I mean, I think the compensation models that we see today uh, are not really fit for purpose. Um, they worked 20, 30 years ago when, you know, when some of these things were designed, they're no longer fit for purpose. Um, I think they need to, to, to think of parallel initiatives that run alongside that. You know, concepts like on, on-demand access to pay, right? The ability for people to access a crude, you know, uh, amount of their earned pay within the pay cycle to bridge some of that or some of that gap, uh, particularly I think when the rubber hits the tar, which is usually closer to you know to getting paid a week or so to getting paid, you know things things get really really tough, which is sort of where also the financial predators, particularly in you know in this country, tend to thrive. Mm. So if we're wanting to talk about disrupting the debt cycle, often our people get into and never get out of in this lifetime. We've got to really rethink you know, how we pay people, the cadence in which we pay people. Um, and, and I think meaningful initiatives that really kind of help, you know, towards helping people build financial resilience and I think just making sustainable changes. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I think that, you know, that's some of the, the initiatives. I think it's also important that, you know, we double down on, I think, learning opportunities around financial preparedness, mm. um, particularly for emergencies. Um, you know, so when we talk, I mean, I think, you know, historically in South Africa, we don't have a savings culture. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the numbers are there to, to demonstrate that. So how do we teach people on how to save the importance of saving? And how do we, how do we I think, pass down, you know, you know, meaningful financial instruments to drive some of that behavior? Talk to us about the services that you offer at Float Pays and uh, who can uh, connect with you and your social media presence. Absolutely. Um, so what we are is we're an earned, 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 access, uh, um, earned wage access platform where we offer employers, I think, you know, a philosophy as well as tools that speak to a lot, a lot of these things that, that I spoke about today. Um, a lot of the information on what we do is also available on our website, which is www.floatpays.co.za. Um, alternatively, um, you know, those who are interested, they can also engage with me. I'm at andisai at floatpays.co.za. All right. Well, thank you so much again for your time. We appreciate it.
Thank you. Andy Saliba is a Chief People Officer at Float Pays, uh, talking to us in our Wellness Corner. Let's take a short break.